Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Jordana Asban, here with my friend, Chavruta Aaron Gordon. Our DAP today, Masachat Yevamot, DAP Mem Dalit, page 44. Well, as I said yesterday, we're actually going to start at the bottom of Mem Gimel, 43, with a new Mishnah, and we get to one of our word problems again, or Yevamot's problems. So we have a case here of four brothers married to four women, and Vametu. And when you read this mission, initially it sounds like all four of the brothers die. Obviously that can't be, but it means some of the brothers die. And the Gemara will try to explain the wording of the mission itself later on. If the eldest of the brothers who survive basically wants to do Yibam with all of the Yivamot. In other words, what this scenario is, is that you have a family with multiple sons and they're all married and multiple of those brothers, right, uh, basically pass away. And so the leftover brothers or the one brother, we've talked about this before, that is the eldest of the brothers who should do Yibum, wants to fulfill the obligation of Yibum with all of those widows, uh, he would be allowed to do so. In the case of one who is married to two women, right? So somebody is married to two women and he dies, right? And basically, biata, which literally means, you know, the sexual relationship or the chalitza of either one of those wives with the avam releases the co-wife, okay? So this is, now, we know that, but this is the first time the Mishnah is really saying it. In other words, the idea is, only one one of the wives needs to do yibum or chalitza, um, but the and once that person does yibum or chalitza, the tsara any of the co-wives are petor. Let's say there were two women, right? If somebody died and he had two wives, one of those women was fit to basically marry into the priesthood. In other words, could marry a kohen, and one was not fit. Let's say the other one had previously been a divorcee. So she would not be allowed to marry a Kohen, right? If the Yavam is going to do Chalitza, you do Chalitza with Psula. Because the idea is being, once you do Chalitza, that woman is also Pasul, Psula, excuse me, for marrying a Kohen. So the idea is, why make somebody Psula who isn't already Psula? But if you have somebody who is Psula, so doing Chalitza, it doesn't really change their status. And if he's going to do Yibum, he should do Yibum with the um, with the one who's Shera. So the first part of the Gemara basically wants to discuss what is this reading of Arba Achin, right? Like, is it that four brothers actually died? But what basically follows, and I'm not going to read it line by line at all, is now they basically go through all the Psukim um, in, uh, you know, uh, in Devarim that talk about Yivam and Chalitza, and they basically uh, are, are going to start to go through, um, you know, sort of uh, uh, the actual Midrash Halakha of like what actually happened. So they start to make all these different drashot, um, you know, about uh, why don't you do it? Why wouldn't you do Chalitza to both of the, to Yivam or Chalitza to both of the wives, um, you know? Why couldn't you do, uh, you know, why can't you do Yibam with both of them? Why can't you do Chalitza with both of them? Why can't you do Yibam with one? Why can't you do Chalitza with one? And so we sort of have here the Midrash Halakha 
that I think we've sort of been, we've been lacking up until this point. Like now we're finally getting in this piece of Gemara. So just pay attention to it when you read it, sort of that careful textual read of some of the Pesukim and Devarim in chapter 25 uh, that talk about the halachot um, uh, of Yibam. So I thought that was interesting that we're finally sort of getting the Midrash Halakha. But the Mishnah, just to go back to it, it's a little bit of, it, to me, it reads as a Mishnah that could actually be two Mishnahs, right? It starts with the word problem and then it ends with this, you know, uh, uh, you know, other part about these other two uh, Halakhot, one which is one that we know already, right? That is, um, you know, that the Tzara is going to be Poteret once her co-wife either has Yibam or Chalitza done. And the second is this idea, you know, with, with the Kahuna of the Kshera and the Psula. So the Mishnah itself is interesting because it really seems to be dealing with three completely different topics. And I'm not quite sure why it is in three separate Mishnahs. Um, I wonder if it's considered to be separate Mishnahs somewhere else. Right. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you know how we yep. see those like different breakups by different publishers or, you know, whether the Mishnah by itself or the Yushalmi, whatever. It's it just as a maybe you're right. Maybe somewhere else it does show up that way. Um, I'm going to go on to the next Mishnah. Um, or at least the next Mishnah in our counting of the Mishnayot. So here we've got, uh, it's it's one of the word problems, but it's a more complicated case. And I it's either something that really did truly happen and therefore it had to be addressed, or let's push the parameters. And it's kind of hard to know. Um, so one who, who gets divorced and then remar- a man who gets divorced and then remarries his Grusha, his divorcee, after she's been married to somebody else, and then the second, her second husband is either dies or she's divorced from him, right? Which you're really not supposed to do that, right? The idea is that, I don't know, the basic line is that if you divorce, once a couple is divorced, they can only remarry if, they, if the woman hasn't been remarried to somebody else in the interim. But that's the case in the Mishnah presumes that she has. Or one who marries the woman with whom he had performed chalitza, right? Meaning there's a there's a zikat yibum, there's a requirement for yibum, they do chalitza, and then, lo and behold, time passes, whatever, and they get married. So what happens? Somebody who marries, I'm sorry, and then lastly, the case was one who marries the relative of the, chalut, of the chalitza, right? Because again, He's not supposed to, all of those relationships are forbidden. So then he's supposed to divorce her in any of these cases, right? He should divorce her. And according to Rabbi Kiva, the children of um, any of these unions would be considered mamzerim. Again, we've defined mamzerim, right? So um, the, this, these then would, con- would constitute the illicit relationships that would leave a child a mamzer, and a mamzer then has limitations on who he or she could grow up to marry, and so on. And this is Rabbi Akiva's opinion. We will see, I think, throughout, as we go ahead in the coming Masechto, that Rabbi Akiva sometimes has unusually strong opinions over where Mamzerut kicks in. Um, because this would seem to be, everything we're talking about, Chalitza, whatever, it all seems to be Drabanan, right? And if it's Drabana, then how can you establish the status of a child to be a Mamzer based on a Drabanan prohibition? Right, this is it doesn't quite make sense, and we're, the Gemara addresses that because there's a concern here about Rabbi Giva, like taking it too far. But it does seem to be, at least in the level of the Mishnah, that Rabbi Kiva's position is that 
um, when the prohibition is still only a drabbat and prohibition, you can still end up with the children being mamzerim. The chachamim disagree. Meaning, with with no, they don't pull any punches. It's very clear. This child, any child from this kind of union would not be a mamzer. But, except for in one situation, namely, one who marries the relative of the divorcee, um, which is that, you know, that the the relatives of the of the grusha are considered um, arayot, that there would be a punishment of karate. And once you've got the karate, the karate prohibition, which has to be a right to prohibition, then the, then the children, any progeny would be mamzerim. Um, but if it's a, if it's a drabanan prohibition, according to Rabbanan, then we're not going to say that the Vlad is mamzerim, that the children would not be mamzerim. The Gemara really delves into this and kind of pokes at Rabbi Akiva's position to try to figure out, like, he couldn't possibly really mean this, right? Um, and then, and we don't get to the conclusion on this stuff. We we almost do. Um, but it, it goes on to the next stuff. I just want to get, jumping down to the very end of this um, of this Amud, meaning, it's I'm still on Amud Aleph, rather. Uh, I sh- I'm sorry, all of this, I meant the Amud. Um we get into this discussion of saying that Rabbi Akiva has a verse that connects Yibum and Chalitza to the extent that he says that Chalitza is akin or tantamount to Yibum, and that's why he will say that even though it looks like Zadrabanan, it's really Doraita, which is, I think, you know, reading it inside is not going to make it um, an easier position to maintain. It's, I think his position is difficult across the board. I think the Gemara thinks it's across the board difficult. Um, and, and this is, you know, whatever. I th- it's rejected. You know, this is not the Psa. Yeah, I, you know, I think this whole question of Amzeros is, uh, is an important one. It's interesting to see Rabbi Akiva take such a strict position here. Um, the Gemara is going to go through trying to explain it because I think they're a little surprised by it. The Gemara's, uh, yeah, um, and it continues on. Meaning, as I said, it continues through Ahmed Bet, and then and then all of this discussion, the Mamzer conversation, continues on to tomorrow's daf. We'll see if we talk about it then. But um, it's not it's not a simple discussion. What is simple, and I think I want to emphasize this, is that it is not, you know, Rabbanan disagree, and and nobody, as far as I know, nobody upholds Rabbi Akiva's position here in a practical way. Right. Well, it's an extreme position because Mamzer is really supposed to be the result of a relationship of a, you know, of an heir of a relationship. These are sort of, they're kind of like not nice, but it's not straightforward. And I, I respect that Chazal wants to sort of limit the category of Mamzeras. That's not a category you want to expand. That's a category you want to limit as much as possible. Thank God. That's our daft discussion for the day. Thank you for joining us. Rank us, review us where you get your podcasts. Come talk to us on our Facebook page and tell us what you think of this daft. Thank you to Rabbi Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadwin website. And until tomorrow, go and learn. 